This is the Tactical Leader Podcast, where we're on a journey of self-mastery and true leadership. I believe that in order to lead others, you must first be able to lead yourself. And in order to lead yourself, you have to first know yourself. If you want to learn the tactics to get to know yourself, to lead yourself, and to lead others, stay tuned to hear from industry experts as I unpack the tactics that they've used to build their business, build culture, and lead others. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Tactical Friday. You heard from her this past Monday, and I am pleased to be welcoming Maureen Falvey back to the show as we talk a little bit more about what she's doing with strong training and coaching. Maureen, welcome back to the show. Uh, glad to be here, Zach. So I am super excited about this because I know we talked a lot about the mindset, your journey, a lot of what you're doing in that corporate space to help people overall just improve their own communication, their own skill set. And I'm really curious because this is something we talked about with that awareness piece, the self-awareness, understanding when you're that person in the office. I would love to know, have you recognized a couple pain points, a couple of friction points that people experience that might guide them toward needing or, or seeking somebody like yourself where I'm at this ceiling and I can't break through? Like I talked about, I can't get promoted. I don't know what the heck's going on. Or is there something that you can help people recognize that they would want to then find you so that they can move up through and break that ceiling? Yeah. I mean, people come to coaching for lots of different reasons, but there are themes that really rise to the top where people get to a point where they just say, geez, I'm on this journey alone. I need a partner in crime. And oftentimes it's one of two things. One of them is a crisis of confidence, right? It's more of an internal barrier. We work our whole careers to get to this point. And then you get there and you say, oh, my God, <laughs> there's an expectation. What if I don't deserve to be here? What if I'm going to be found out, which is just horrible, right? And horrible experience to feel that way. And so the crisis of confidence is oftentimes why people will come. They really want to believe it. And what I often work with them on is you're never going to arrive at confidence. No one's going to anoint you and say, you will never struggle with this again. But if we can get that we're not perfect, and if we can believe in our ability to figure it out, everything's figure outable, really is. And we can dialogue with that voice in our brain that tells us we're garbage sometimes, right? What if we could give equal time to what if you are good enough? If you're going to spend five minutes saying I'm garbage, people are going to find me out. Can you give five to why you deserve to be there? Can you look at the law of polarity and say, you know, if you're saying I'm not supposed to be here, what if I am? What are the arguments for that? But I, I find that when people really get that we're on a journey of progress, not perfection, that voice, it's almost like a dial. You can turn it down and you're in charge of it. And you, really, you look at it, you say, is this helpful? No. Right. What is a new belief I could replace it with? I'm not progress, not perfection is a good one. So that's one that they come to is just a crisis of confidence, especially the more senior we get. There's something called the iceberg of ignorance, <laughs> which is we're up in the ivory tower. And no one gives us feedback anymore. The feedback chain's broken because we're too senior. And we got a bad brief that said, we're supposed to know everything and be perfect up here. So I'm not going to ask, like, you know, I'm not going to ask people how I'm doing. I'm just going to pretend I'm perfect. So it just feeds, right? So of course it happens even more often, the more senior we get. And the second thing, especially during the, this pandemic and wonky way of working is just stress people being stressed out and burnt out. And there's one client I'm working with that her stress was so profound, her body shut down and she's having to learn how to walk again. Like that is just a 
bullshit. I don't know if we cuss on this. This is a bullshit. <laughs> That's not what you're here for. We're here for joy. We're here for mastery. We're here for challenge in all the right way. And so what we're learning is that there's no burnout doesn't happen like that. Our poor body is trying to give us signals, right? Our mind is trying to give us signals, right? And we don't pay attention because we're so busy. So in that is the work that I do with my clients to help them be better than busy, right? How many, you should count next. So ask a bunch of people how they're doing. Why don't you count how many people say I'm really busy? That is such a lame answer. It's such a four letter word. (laughs) Find a different answer. I'm so, even just say, I'm so vibrant. I'm so full. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out the better word for busy, but it ain't that one. And so I help people do something. There's a boss of mine taught this to me once. She trained me on mastering the art of the unapologetic no. And it doesn't mean walk around being an a-hole all the time. What it means is get real clear what your boundaries are. What do you want to say yes to? What are you going to say no to? What is the consequence of too many yeses? So you see me getting feisty. I feel so strongly about this, that when we're clear what those are, then we can actually have even greater impact. When we're yesing ourselves to death during the day, you will be real tired. And the stuff you said yes to isn't going to be your A-plus work. So we master the art. And it doesn't have to sound like an angry no. When you're clear of your boundaries, your answer is, I'd love to, but I have a commitment. How powerful does that sound? And it also tells me that when you make a commit, when I make a commitment to you, I'm going to honor that as well. So I work a lot on the stress, but the thing behind that is time management and blocking and tackling and making sure, kind of when I was talking about the why before, but that your experience of your day is that it's happening for you, not to you, because there are time thieves everywhere. So cultivating confidence and managing and honoring your time right? On the path to joy and fulfillment. I absolutely love that because it's one of those, in a lot of capacities, that stress feeds so far into the world as a whole. The person we talked about Monday, that was a personal training client that used to be my trainer. And then we started building her business a little bit differently. She actually moved out of the coaching space because she started having uh, seizures. When the stress from like overwork started like out of nowhere, developed epilepsy and like started having these different issues because the stress pushed so far into like the mind will literally deteriorate the body. And if you're not taking care of both and it's crazy, fascinating, but also crazy to think like, if you don't take care of that, if you don't think about what's stressing me, what's causing these problems in the mindset, in the workplace and how you're starting to affect that and have some sort of alternate routine to like de-stress, right? Is yeah. there something you recognize that helps people separate that or, you know, go home, read a book, take a bubble bath, or, I mean, I don't judge me. I love a good bubble bath. Don't oh, wait, but it. It, it's um, one of those, like there, there gotta be some sort of tactics and techniques, right? See, here's the thing. Yes, yes, yes. There's outer work and there's inner work. So the bubble bath and the vacation and the sipping on a glass of lemonade. That's those are the outer work, and they're really important. Lemonade. Hang on. What happened lemonade to my cat <laughs> or my pino? Hang on. Why lemonade? You're killing me, Maureen. Sorry, teasing. Go ahead. <laughs> so, um, so, so those are really important, but they're outer. If we don't do the inner work, I don't even know if those matter, right? I see. By the way, I'm on a mission to change the way we work because it's broken. People go on vacation to recover. That's not what it's for. Vacation is to play. Vacation is to rest, but it's not to recover. Anyway, so the inner work has to be done. The inner work of knowing our worth, right? Knowing that we deserve to say no from time to time because we have a commitment. Knowing that we deserve to say yes to ourselves. 
Right. And it's a journey. That one does not happen overnight, but it absolutely can. We just practice, practice putting myself first. The oxygen metaphor is overused for a reason. Everybody wins when we can breathe. Everybody wins when we do, as my beautiful mother says, which is if you're not full, you have nothing to give. So that it's the outer stuff. Absolutely. But we got to tend to the inner as well. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. And I know there's a book you talked about the power of no, the, the book power of no, and that, that capability is phenomenal resource. And it talks about that piece of it. And it's interesting. I'm curious if you've ever run into this where people feel selfish saying no, or they feel bad and selfish taking that time for themselves. And that's like such a, a mindset shift to recognize you have to be selfish in order to be selfless. And that's kind of my mindset now these days where you try to, because I'm a people pleaser at the end of the day, everyone wants to serve and be able to do that. But if you're not serving yourself, how can you serve others? Have you run into that aspect of shifting that mindset of selfishness? All the time. And I know you talk about servant leadership, right? Not unless you're strong first. So I don't just say that. No client's going to be like, all right, I'll go do that, Maureen. (laughs) It's a journey and I invite them to really see something. So let's just play with something. Let's say you, I'll just take a working mom who's exhausted, right? I'll just say, let's say you booked a hotel room and you binge watched all the shows you want to watch and you had some nice cocktails, you ordered in a pizza and you took care of you. What happens when you go back to your family on Saturday and the ripple effect of that? right? And they start to smile and they get lighter because if mom ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. You've heard this, right? Same thing with work, right? My mom always said that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they need to process it with me to really get that everybody wins when we're full. Everyone wins when we give from a place of strength. We had a book. Everyone had this book growing up, except for my house, right? The Giving Tree. And my mom had four daughters. She said, no daughter of mine will end up a stump. Remember how it's a boy in this tree and he takes everything from the tree and the tree ends up a stump and the tree sits big and says to the old man, you can sit on me now, basically. She said, "Uh uh-uh. And they've since rewritten the giving tree, right? Servant leadership doesn't mean ending up a stump. When servant leadership happens, the tree flourishes with twice as many branches and twice as many leaves and everybody wins. And that's a really interesting lesson I had to learn the hard way because servant leadership, I think, has essentially been bastardized to that capacity of you have to give fully of yourself before you can take anything. And I love Simon Sinek and Start With Why. I love that book. He wrote another book, Eaters Eat Last. And I am vehemently in denial of that being a good concept. And I learned this in Afghanistan, actually, when I had 40 guys assigned to me, we were running operations every four days. What I recognize and something that I had to learn the hard ways, if I wasn't getting sleep, if I wasn't getting food, if I wasn't doing the capability, if I wasn't prepared for the capability of creating a plan, I'm the strategist. I'm the guy that's putting the soldiers in safety or in harm's way. And if I wasn't feeling myself, and it's a very practical example of this, but in reality, like that is where I learned that lesson. If I wasn't doing, if I wasn't sleeping, if I wasn't eating, if I wasn't doing those things to make sure everybody else did, when it came to the actual serious piece of it all, I wasn't prepared to create a safe plan for them, a safe route, a safe mission set. And I had to realize like eaters, leaders eating last is not always the solution. Sometimes you have to take that first bite in order for everybody else to be able to eat as well. And it's kind of just an interesting dichotomy because people see that as selfish. I'm like, not really. Like I have to be present. I have to be capable. 
And I, I take that now into the personal world, into the corporate world. That lesson applies. Like you have to be able to fill your coffer before you can give into others. Yeah, that's so powerful, Zach. Thank you for sharing that. I'm going to share your story, if that's okay with my clients, because it just, it's so concrete and so simple. You get it. Well, what happens if Zach yeah. is weak? Everybody dies, right? And we unfortunately yeah. learned that the hard way a couple of times. And it's just such a fascinating difference to kind of see how that really does play in a more subtle way in this world, right? You don't see it necessarily life and death in the instantaneousness that happens in war, but like you're talking about, somebody had to relearn how to walk, the stress, the epilepsy, the seizures, like all mm. of that is part of all of that. And it might just be a longer burn attached to killing yourself. But in reality, like you have to take that. So that, that whole selfish mindset uh, and separating from that word, it's not selfish. It's actually selfless to be able to take yeah. that time for yourself. And I, so I, I get really passionate about that piece because yeah, I see the too. burnout so often, you know, so um, you want a simple trick that. for that too, is that I say this usually at the end of trainings, which is just ask yourself two questions at least once a day. If you can't do that once a week, how am I doing and what do I need? And then tend to it so you can tend to others as well, right? How am I doing and what do I need? We never ask that. Never, never. And other people ask it and we won't answer it, honestly, right? Oh, going back to yeah, right. ego and going back right to on. like yeah. trying to be that serve that servant mentality. Like if somebody asks, what can I do for you? You're like, ah, nothing. I've got it. Yeah. You have to give that vulnerability like you talked about. You have to be more vulnerable enough to say, well, really, this is what I need right now. I would love if you could be a part of that. And think about the rapport that builds, especially as a leader. If you actually say, I would really love for you to take this for me or help me with this piece. Think about the buy-in and the rapport you're gaining from that individual in that capacity. It's so powerful. Right. Especially because as humans, we're hardwired to help. And we're blocking one of the most beautiful parts of the human experience when we say, no, I got this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Maureen, I, I think we nailed the tactics for today. I, I appreciate right. chopping this up. That's really powerful. And I want to give the audience a, another opportunity. Remind us, where can we find you? Where can we find the content, everything with strong training and coaching? And give us more insights about working with you. Yeah, we, we would love for you to reach out to us at Mark Strong Coaching. Everyone on our team loves what we do, and we're always looking for opportunities to do more of it. As coaches and trainers and speakers and podcasters, we are here for you so that you can be strong at work and play that out into your life as well, all on the path of fulfillment. So markstrongcoaching.com. I love it, Maureen. You are amazing. I definitely encourage everybody to reach out. Yeah. If you're hitting that ceiling, definitely find out, take action, be proactive. Don't wait for that pain point to arise. Go ahead and take action now. Get this training, uh, get this coaching. Maureen, you're amazing. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Back at you, Zach. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Tactical Leader Podcast. If this episode helped you along your journey of self-mastery and has inspired you to do more, I challenge you to head over to myvoicechallenge.com so you can find out how you can discover your voice, claim your independence, and build that thriving business that you've always wanted. Again, that's myvoicechallenge.com.